Welcome to the Wrap Yourself in Joy podcast. I'm Karen Dwyer, speaker, teacher, and author of four books on joy. If you are searching for more joy in your life, join me for about 15 minutes every week. It could change your life. My newest series is called Nehemiah and Rebuilding Hope. It's based on my book, Nehemiah, Rebuilding Hope and Joy in Your Life. It has an imprimatur and a built-in study guide. Today, I'm inviting you to join a Cup of Joy women's group. You can invite a few friends to join you in listening to the podcast, then meet over coffee each week to go through the study questions. For more information, go to wrapyourselfinjoy.com and look for Cup of Joy Women. The podcast is brought to you by the Ultimate Christian Podcast Network. Please subscribe to this podcast so you never miss an episode. Hello, welcome to Wrap Yourself in Joy. I'm Karen Dwyer, and you are listening to podcast number eight of the Nehemiah Rebuilding Hope series. It's based on my book, Nehemiah Rebuilding Hope and Joy in Your Life. Today, the podcast on chapter seven and eight of Nehemiah is entitled, Need Joy in Your Life? Nehemiah Suggests a Prayer Booth. In our last study of Nehemiah 6, we joined Nehemiah and the Israelites in Jerusalem as the walls were completed, but the enemies did everything possible to stop the final building thrust. Nehemiah, through discernment, with constant prayer, speaking the truth, and persevering, directed the people to complete the walls and gates in 52 days. Now Nehemiah begins the process of restoring the faith of his beloved people. So let's read Nehemiah 7, 1 through 2 and 4. Now when the walls had been built and I set up the doors and the gatekeepers, the singers and the Levites had been appointed. I gave my brother Hanani charge over Jerusalem. And verse 4, Then my God put into my mind to assemble the nobles and the officials and the people to be enrolled by genealogy. We won't read the rest of chapter 7 because the names of those recorded and registered are too many and too long, but you get the idea. The first task Nehemiah did after the walls were rebuilt was to assign the gatekeepers, then the singers, then the Levites. The gatekeepers were the watchmen stationed at the ten doors 24 hours per day. The temple gatekeepers maintained the order and reverence for the house of God. Nehemiah knew that the spiritual renewal of the people was essential, and keeping the city free from enemies would allow the people to worship without threats. Nehemiah appointed the Levites to focus on keeping all things holy in the temple. Then he appointed singers to praise the Lord day and night and to lead worship. Nehemiah knew that the praise and worship of the Lord, most importantly, nurtured a close relationship with God. Psalm 95, 2 says, Let us come into God's presence with thanksgiving. And let us make a joyful noise to him with songs of praise. Chapter 7 seems like a turning point in the book of Nehemiah. It turns our attention from rebuilding the wall to rebuilding the faith of the people. In verse 4, Nehemiah says, God put into his heart to register everyone. You know, historic memory is crucial to the survival of any nation or culture. In that way, the youth and the next generation's It reminds them of who they are. In this case, Nehemiah had to remind the people whose they are. Although many had been carried into Babylon, Nehemiah reminded them that they were still God's people. God was with them, and they were among the remnant that had returned. Let's read Nehemiah 8.1. 
Then the seventh month came. The people of Israel being settled in their towns, all the people gathered together into the square before the water gate. They told the scribe Ezra to bring the book of the law of Moses, which the Lord had given to Israel. It's October 444 BC, and it's New Year's Day on the Hebrew civil calendar called Rosh Hashanah, which in Hebrew means the beginning of the year. It's also a religious holiday for celebrating the Feast of Trumpets. Trumpets were blown at the feast to call the people to stop what they were doing and prepare for what will come in the next holy days. As recorded in Leviticus 23, the Lord commanded Moses to speak to the people, to observe a day of complete rest, a holy convocation commemorated with trumpet blasts. You shall not work at your occupations, and you shall present the Lord's offering by fire. So the opening of chapter 8, the people had come together to celebrate the Feast of Trumpets, which for years they had quit celebrating in their brokenness during their captivity and other desolations they endured. Let's read Nehemiah 8, 2-7. Accordingly, the priest Ezra brought the law before the assembly both men and women, and all who could hear with understanding. This was on the first day of the seventh month. He read from it, facing the square before the water gate from early morning until midday, in the presence of the men and the women, and those who could understand, and all the ears of all the people were attentive to the book of the law. The scribe Ezra stood on a wooden platform that had been made for this purpose, and beside him stood many leaders at his left hand. And Ezra opened the book in the sight of all the people, for he was standing above all the people. And when he opened it, all the people stood up. Then Ezra blessed the Lord, the great God, and all the people answered, Amen, Amen, lifting up their hands. Then they bowed their heads and worshipped the Lord with their faces to the ground. We see here the people gathered in the open square while Ezra, the priest, brought the law of Moses which the Lord had given to Israel. He stood on a wooden platform and opened the Torah. That's the first five books of the Bible, Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy. The people stood up the entire time. Ezra read the word of the Lord from morning to midday. Obviously, the people were starved and thirsty for the word of God, and they stayed focused because they knew how uninformed and desperate they were. They needed God's help in everything. And the Levites and priests walked among them, helping them understand what was read. You know, it takes only a few fallen away generations to leave the next ones destitute and ignorant about the things and ways of God. So Ezra blessed the Lord, the great God, and all the people responded, Amen, Amen. Thus, when hearing God's word, the people, one, thanked God with their Amen. Two, they prayed and praised God by lifting up their hands. And three, they bowed down, submitting their lives with adoration to their holy God. Let's read excerpts from Nehemiah 8 through 12. And Nehemiah, who was the governor, and Ezra the priest and scribe, and the Levites who taught the people, said to the people, This day is holy to the Lord your God. Do not mourn or weep, for all the people wept when they heard the words of the law. Then he said to them, Go your way, eat the fat, and drink sweet wine, and send portions to them 
who have nothing prepared, for this day is holy to our Lord. And do not be grieved, for the joy of the Lord is your strength. And all the people went their way to eat and drink and to send portions and to make great rejoicing because they had understood the words that were declared to them. When the people finally understood the words of God, they mourned and wept. It took hearing and understanding God's word to begin the healing of their broken hearts and dreams. The word of God revealed the sin in their lives, and they were grieved. Confessing their sins brought God's forgiveness. It is only God who can change lives and hearts and nations. It is only God who can comfort the mourning for disobedience and the consequences of sin. God brought comfort and great joy to the people that day. The words of Psalm 107, 19-20 came to pass, and it still can guide us today. Then they cried to the Lord in their trouble, and He saved them from their distress, and He sent out His word and healed them. Nehemiah and Ezra told the people to celebrate and not mourn, for this was a holy day for them. They read, understood, and responded to the word of God. They said these wonderful words, Don't be grieved, for the joy of the Lord is your strength. They went back to their homes for celebration with great rejoicing, eating and drinking and sending portions to others. They understood the words of God that were declared to them. We can do the same. We can find new joy in hearing and declaring God's words to ourselves and to each other. So let's finish with the last excerpts of Nehemiah 8, 13 through 18. On the second day, the heads of ancestral houses of all the people with the priests and Levites came together to the scribe Moses in order to study the words of the law. And they found it written in the law, which Lord had commanded by Moses, that the people of Israel should live in booths during the festival of the seventh month, and that they should publish and proclaim in all their towns and in Jerusalem as follows, go out to the hills and bring branches of olive, wild olive, myrtle, palm, and other leafy trees to make booths. And all the assembly of those who had returned from captivity made booths and lived in them. And there was great rejoicing. They kept the festival seven days, and on the eighth day, there was a solemn assembly according to their ordinance. The Feast of Booths, also called the Feast of Tabernacles, or Sukkot in Hebrew, was celebrated for seven days, and it is still celebrated from the 15th to the 22nd of the month of Tishri, that's late September to early October on our calendars. God wanted the Israelites to remember and commemorate how he called them out of slavery in Egypt and cared for them. He wanted them to remember how he delivered them from the armies of Egypt by parting the Red Sea and giving them a passage onto dry ground allowing the waters to close over all the pursuing armies. God wanted them to recall how they wandered in the desert for 40 years, lived in booths or huts while God provided for them. They grumbled persistently and even worshipped a golden calf. But God, in His great love, provided heavenly manna for food and guided them into the promised land. The Feast of Booths commemorates God's provision and guidance, and the Israelites must live in these booths or huts to celebrate it. By celebrating this feast, the people 
commit themselves to follow God in everything. They read the Word of God. They rejoice. They offer thanksgiving for all that God has done, and they worship God with their families in their huts. They celebrated God's forgiveness, His protection, His deliverance, and His provisions. It was God's Word that led them to repent and confess their sins. God's Word changed everything for them, and it will do the same for us today. It called them to worship, and as they turned to obey God's Word, they were filled with much joy. Well, what could the Feast of Booths mean to us today? Hebrews 12, 18-28 reminds us that Jesus is our sacrifice for sin and our celebration. We too can repent of sin and respond with worship and thanksgiving. Hebrews 12, 18-28 You have not come to something that can be touched, a blazing fire and darkness and gloom and a tempest and the sound of a trumpet. No, you have come to Mount Zion and to the city of the living God, the heavenly Jerusalem, and to innumerable angels in festal gathering, and to the assembly of the firstborn who are enrolled in heaven, and to God the judge of all, and to the spirits of the righteous made perfect, and to Jesus, the mediator of a new covenant, and to the sprinkled blood that speaks a better word than the blood of Abel. Therefore, since we are receiving a kingdom that cannot be shaken, let us give thanks by which we offer to God an acceptable worship with reverence and awe, for indeed our God is a consuming fire. Let's close with reflection on the principles that apply to our lives today. In Nehemiah chapter 8, the people were starved to hear the word of God. I think people are starved today. And when they listened with repentant hearts and open minds, they wept over their sins and then rejoiced over God's forgiveness and love. They celebrated the Feast of Booths that God had established for them to remember His faithfulness. For our response to reading these verses, let's consider what we might apply. We can set up a prayer booth in our home. Do you have a holy place? Call it a prayer booth or a secret place in your home where you can pray and praise and read scripture and even write in a prayer journal? You could start with a chair in the corner of a room with a basket to keep your Bible and pen and other items close at hand. Your booth is your secret place, just like the booths are huts where the people celebrated the Feast of Booths. It's a place where you put yourself in God's presence when you are in your home. You offer praise and thanksgiving and worship. You say, Lord, I come into your presence, and you know he is with you. Two, listen. Take time daily to read scripture and allow God to speak to you. You can ask the Holy Spirit to set the word of fire in your heart as you read his word. Take time to read just a chapter from a gospel or other book every day. It will change your life. Then try to record a few sentences in your journal of how the Lord spoke to you as you listened to his word. Three, receive the joy of the Lord. Ask the Lord to give you more joy as you read his word. Say often, for the joy of the Lord is my strength. John 15 says Jesus wants to give you his joy. I have said these things to you so that my joy may be in you and your joy may be complete. As you set aside time daily to read the scriptures, start with only a few minutes. As you read, invite God to speak to you 
and fill you with his joy. And he will. Well, that's it for today's podcast. I'm so happy you joined our Nehemiah Rebuilding Hope podcast series. Please consider inviting a few friends over for coffee or tea every week for just one hour to discuss a one-page study guide that accompanies this podcast. It's called Cup of Joy Women, and it's a great way to gently evangelize others. And I will provide you with the resources and all you need to get started. For more information, go to my website, wrapyourselfinjoy.com, and click under the menu tab, Cup of Joy Women. Until next week, please know that I am praying for you, that you grow in hope and joy and the love of God as we study Nehemiah together. Thanks for joining me today. Please visit me on my website, wrapyourselfinjoy.com, where you can learn more about my books, download free bookmarks, and connect with me. Please follow me on your favorite podcast app and invite a friend to join you too. You can download the show notes from today at wrapyourselfinjoypodcast.com. Until next week, this is your friend, Karen Dwyer, reminding you to wrap yourself in joy. <music>